Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. We hope you are encouraged by today's episode. Welcome back to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. It's always fun to be with my buddy, John. How you doing, man? Man, I could not be better, Mark. Uh, Good to be here and uh, looking forward to this podcast. That's great. So a couple of weeks ago, you told me you were going to go... Snowmobiling. That's right. Snowmobiling. How'd it go? Did you do it? It was fantastic. Yeah, uh, My son was in town. My daughter lives here, and so there's about four of us that went snowmobiling to the great. We, we went to, you know, the Continental Divide runs through Colorado. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was about, you know, two hours of getting up there, and it's just an amazing Two hours view. on the snowmobile? Yep. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what was funny, too, is that um, so I'm on a snowmobile. I've been a time or two on snowmobiles. But I, I got it uh, one point. I got up to about 62 miles an hour wow. and I'm flying and I'm feeling really like, you know, because I'm just kind of out there. Sure. You know? And uh, so, no. I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, just having a great time. And so I, I asked the guide, I was like, so what's the fastest you've ever been? I just want to see how good sure. I was doing there. And uh, he was like. Well, the fastest is 89 miles an hour, <laughs> 89 miles an hour on a snowmobile. Like you're very vulnerable. Sure. So, but it was, it was a great time. It was uh, fun and yeah, a little cold, you know, being the sure. Florida guy, but it was, it was a good time. Well, I can't wait to, to try that out sometime. Yeah. Come on, brother. Let's do it. All right. So obviously snowmobiling, lots of fun, lots of endorphins, you know, <laughs> Being produced by the brain, I think you would say you would call that a happy experience. It it was happy and it was memorable. You know, you just uh, when you get to be our age and you have, you know, uh, both my kids are young, you know, early twenties, and um, and it, you know, spending time with them, sure, and making memories becomes really important. Absolutely. We don't have the time that I did when they were younger, so it, you know, to just go and do something like that, it just. It's a bonding time, sure. and you know, so it was. It was very memorable. That's great. Yeah. Well, today we want to talk about the subject of joy. <clears throat> very so good. we want to talk about one. What is it? So you got to. If you're going to talk about something, you need to define it. Yep. Two. We want to talk about what does it look like yep. in the life of the believer. And I know we're going to discuss the issue of like, is there a difference between joy and happiness? Yep. And and if so, how do they interrelate? Yeah. And then three, and I think this is really important because, you know, every time we have one of these podcasts, we always do it with the idea that there's a third person sitting at this table yep. who is taking part in the conversation. Yep. And so our third point today is how do we fight for joy yep. when life's not going the way we want it to And because I think there's probably some people listening in, watching this podcast that find themselves in that place of life right now. Yeah. And we appreciate our listeners. We appreciate people that tune in. We know your time is valuable and we really hope and pray that when you, when, when you, you know, tune in and you're listening, that it really has a meaningful impact. We want to see people grow spiritually 
and really help to develop their faith. And this is one of those areas yeah. that it's a battle. I Absolutely. Mean, the, the, and I believe that the scripture, even people, you know, like the Apostle Paul that found joy, he doesn't dismiss the fact of how hard it can be to obtain joy and walk in it. It really, when you talk about fighting for it, it really has to be that that understanding that like you, joy isn't going to be something easy to obtain. It's going to be a battle to walk in joy, mm. to keep the joy, to keep the faith. Those are part of the trials that we all go through. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So let's just go ahead and start. You can give me your definition and maybe I'll give you mine. Uh, what 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 is joy? Yeah, this this it's really good. I love you know I love back in Psalm sixteen. I think it's eleven. You know it talks about at at your right hand there's joy forevermore. Uh, I think if you go to a real you know biblical definition, it really is being in the presence of God and and uh, embracing and loving what He loves and being in His presence. Um, it it cannot be related to circumstances because if it were. We would all be very vulnerable to the fact, and God, and God clearly says to walk in joy, to live in joy. It's is nearly to the place of being a command, although I don't think it's necessarily like you know sinful, if you would. Like God's up there with a with a stick, going, "You will be you know, <laughs> full of joy, you know, whether you like it or not." You know, yeah. it, it, I don't believe that it's that, but it really is. It's a command to live in joy. And we all know you can't, you know, unless you're like, you know, really, really young and really, really sheltered, uh, you live a little bit of life and you know that circumstances can absolutely steal your joy. So so joy is not related to circumstances. It's related to the way that we embrace that. And then what is deep in our heart, even in the most disappointing times in our life, we can still maintain a joy because it's related to the character and the nature of God and standing in his presence. All right. I, I agree with everything you said, but I'm not going to let you off the hook quite that easy. Okay. <laughs> what does it look like? Um, What does it look like as in? So, okay. Psalm 16, yep. you know, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Yep. What does that look like in our lives? Yeah. That looks like there is a constant um, a constant realization of I can either live to this world and the circumstances I'm going through, or I can stop for a moment and back up and go, no, I live in the presence of God. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. So when I find myself in the place that a loved one is uh, is very ill and in the hospital, or my financial situation is upside down, I have to keep the perspective is that I live in the presence of God, and therefore there is a joy that flows in my heart. Is that what you're talking about or even deeper? I I guess I'm looking for the physical manifestation. So if if I'm walking through a difficult time, my someone I love deeply is going through a, a tremendous sorrowful time sure. talking to our constituent care director here at world challenge today and found out that one of our long-term constituents, his wife who was dealing with stage four cancer yep. died a few days ago. 
let's say he is walking in joy in the midst yeah. of sorrow. Sure. What does that look like in his daily life? Sure. Um, I love what it said, what, what Paul says in the New Testament, that we don't mourn like other people mourn, that we mourn with joy. And it's it doesn't mean that we're happy. And I think that sometimes we get the idea when people start talking about joy is the TV evangelist that says, Jesus wants to make you happy. Well, no, it's deeper than that. Um, I can both at the same time and have been through times that I've lost people in my life that I love dearly, and I can weep and have the loss and know what it is to live without the person and be deeply wounded. And while at the same time, I still keep a perspective of God is with me and he's there. And so when we mourn, we don't mourn like those without hope. Sure. I think that that's what makes the difference. When I go through those moments with a hope and the presence of God, yes, I have despair. Yes, I can have uh, longings and people that I miss and things that are not in my life, but I can still maintain the perspective of God is still in control. I am still his child and he is still with me. And therefore, I live with the joy and the peace of God. I think of joy as the expression of the appropriate human emotion when understood through the prism that God is for me. Absolutely. And always will be for me. So in the midst of difficulty, if I know God is for me, that can give me a quietness of spirit in the middle of uncertainty and anxiety. It can give me hope in the middle of circumstances where everything ought to push me toward despair. Mm -hmm. It can give me a hope and a joy uh, for a future that's better even when I'm walking through sorrowful times. So it's, it's both of those. So it's not an inappropriate human response to emotion. So it's not saying, I'm not going to be sorrowful. Right. You know, no, my wife just died. Of course. I should be sorrowful. There right. should be mourning, but that mourning isn't swallowed up. It, it would be swallowed up if I thought this is it. Mm-hmm. But if I understand, no, God is still for me, then my human emotional response is tempered by and built upon that factual reality. Does that make sense? Sure. No, absolutely. And what, and what you're talking about is when everything in your life and circumstances are screaming, you should not have joy, that you should not be at peace. The, it's having a perspective of going, no, these circumstances will not control who I am and what I know to be true, even if if it's a, if it's the enemy, even if it's the circumstances in life, there's something deep inside of me that knows I am in God's presence. He is for me. He loves me. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the whole world can feel like it's falling apart, but I still have a deep sense of knowing, no, the Lord is with me. And therefore, I live with joy. That's great. So, Mark, the second question that you asked is, what does joy look like? Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, when you're going through this and you're you're just talking about, sure. here I have this one aspect where I know 
God is for me, so I have a joy. But every emotion inside of me is is just screaming with brokenness and hurt and uh, being disappointed. Sure. I mean, we all know people that have prayed for their loved one to be healed. And then at the end of it, they're not healed. Right. And yet we know they're in heaven and thank God for that. But the personal disappointment of loss. So how do you manage the emotions of going, yes, God is for me. I have a joy. And at the same time, having to deal with those emotions. Yeah, it's a good question. And and, and of course, you know, b- books have been written on that, on this subject. Yeah. So it's a complex one. And and I think the the real issue becomes here that of loss. Yeah. So you talked about loss of a spouse. Well, obviously, if you lose a spouse and you know that spouse was walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. there's that comfort piece of knowing. But so eventually maybe we get through mm. that, you know, but what about loss? So I'm I'm trying to, as I'm thinking through your question, I'm thinking, what about loss that may never seem to make sense? Like I lost a job. And it had nothing to do with my performance. Yeah. You know, my just unfair. It was just yeah, unfair. my the the CEO of the company embezzled two billion dollars, which caused the company to collapse. And you lost and, your retirement. Yes. And as a result, yeah. not only did sure. I lose my job, I've lost my future and I'm sixty-two years old. Yeah. You know, that's that's a tough one. Well, you, you know, know, a good one too. We were just at a we were just at a pastors uh, leaders uh, um, retreat, retreat yeah. yeah. And you you know, we we met with a pastor there that for forty five years yeah. had been married to the same woman and was his whole life, and she passed away, and now he's pastoring the church and he's dealing with the emotions of loss, and then every Sunday you got to. Get back up to the pulpit and tell everybody Jesus loves them while you're, you know, you're in, and he still heals, even sure. though he didn't heal my wife. You, you know what I mean? Those, those are real emotions. Those are absolutely real emotions. Yep. So a couple of things come to my mind. Yep. Um, and we've talked about this a couple of times in other podcasts, and I think it's, but I think it's a still a, a useful tool. Yep. And I think part of that is we give ourselves room for a proper expression of our emotions. Yeah. So in we, we don't deny reality. Yeah. No, it, what you're saying is so important. The authenticity of being able to be real with the emotion, because sometimes for believers, they gloss over it. Oh, yeah. And they go, oh, well, I'm supposed to have joy. The Bible says to have joy. So, And they ignore it. And that can long-term, would you agree, could be more difficult to manage the emotions because you're not really processing the emotion. You're you're only pushing it down. Absolutely. I, I have a friend. Mm-hmm. I'll call him a friend. They're friendly, yep. you know, known each other for a long time. His wife was terminally ill. Anybody from outside could see that this woman was not going to make it. Yeah. If God didn't miraculously intervene, she was going to die. Yeah. He now there was some there and there was some bad theology involved here too. Sure. So there was, you know, not only can God heal, God almost has to heal. 
you know, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm never, never going to confess that, you know, somehow my wife might die because that might bring about her death. So some really bad theology at work here. But because he never gave vent, never gave room to this, he never allowed a conversation mm-hmm. with his kids, with anybody to actually be able to say goodbye to his wife and to his their mother before she actually died. So they didn't give room for that proper emotional outlet. And by not doing that, they actually made the grieving process yep. after she passed away much, much harder. Because then it wasn't just that somehow we're we're dealing with mom, but we're also dealing with major disappointment, anger, frustration with God. Yes. So we're not saying, and we've said this several times indirectly here, right. but we are making it very clear today that if you are a Christ follower, that does not mean that bad things will not flow into your life. Right. We're saying that somehow you can have joy in the midst of that. 1,000%. And it's, you know, there used used to be more prevalent than now, but it used to be the positive confession. Like, if I just say it, it goes away. And I, listen, I am all about being a positive person. I think both of us are people yep. of faith. Absolutely. We believe that God can heal. We believe that God can change circumstances. But would, but would you have to be careful of people that come from that perspective is that you're not really embracing and processing real emotions because everything, every place through scripture that you can find, like, Hey, Jesus wept Uh, when he went to the cross, he felt real pain. So, you know, the Bible doesn't really say, well, just confess that it's not there and it won't be there. No, sometimes it's embracing it, processing it and then determining no God is with me. So therefore I have joy. So nobody here is talking about ignoring those um, uh, those emotions. And I would say as well, it's really infor- important for pastors and leaders, and I've pastored for years, that when you are teaching and discipling people, you have to get your, your theology done well. Yes. Because then when people have loss, if you've, if you've taught them for all these years, well, if you just speak it and say it, it'll be done and nothing bad ever happens. Then when people come into those moments, they either think that there's something wrong with them or maybe, uh, God, are you even there? Or do you even care? So, and if you lied to me about this, what else did you lie to me about? You got it right there. So it really is incumbent upon us as leaders to properly preach and teach. We have an eternal reward. And yes, God does miracles and he heals. But but healing is not the ultimate blessing on our life. The ultimate blessing is that I will spend eternity in heaven in the presence of God. Absolutely. We're all going to be 100% healed. It just may not be on this side of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. So when I think about this joy piece, I think of two pieces. So we've talked about the fact that God can give us peace, joy, gives us these, a proper, that having that proper foundational theological foundation helps us not move to despair. It gives Mm -hmm. us a calmness, a peace, an assuredness. 
I actually think there's a link between joy and happiness, though. And and here's my exp- my thing is you know because I've heard people say, well, you know, God doesn't want us to be happy; He just wants us to be joyful. <laughs> well, joy that doesn't leak in happiness <laughs> yep. isn't very real. That's it. So if I've got real joy bubbling up inside of my heart, it's going to express itself in happiness occasionally. <laughs> right. I mean, you look, you're looking at a, a Eeyore face. It's like, you know, I'm full of the joy, joy of the Lord. And you're like, really? Because it uh, doesn't really feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Joy unspeakable. And you're just thinking, I wish you'd stop speaking. Because <laughs> every word truth. coming out of your mouth is negative. Well, and just to give you a little bit of my personal testimony. Yeah, please. Uh, just to, to share, like I was raised in a home where there's a lot of brokenness and dysfunction. Loved my parents, both of them. And separately, they were amazing. Amazing. Together, it was, you know, TNT and it just wasn't, you know, it, it just wasn't a real uh, home that was full of happiness. And so as, as a child, I lived a lot of my life without happiness, without joy. Uh, when I got into my teenage years, I played sports and I used to cover all of the emptiness up with a laugh and a joke. And, mm. you know, but, but, it, but there was a lot of emptiness. And it was literally, I, I think you know my testimony, when I'm sitting in jail and I give my life to the Lord, uh, it, it, when I gave my life to Christ, he really changed things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of brokenness, and he gave me a joy. And one thing that I always remember when I go through situations is I know what it is to live without joy, without happiness, without peace, without the love of God. And I just, I just go, hey, when I go through stuff— it is a fight. We talked about this, but hey, you have to fight for that. So, and yeah. sometimes every emotion is screaming, you know, hey, fall into despair. And um, and then there's this great scripture. I, I love what Jesus says in John chapter 15. He says, I pray that my mm. joy would be in you and that it would be complete. Yeah. And they are about to walk through the biggest trial of their life. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. and he's going, I know what you're about to walk through, but as you're walking through the darkness of the moment and you can't see light, I want you to know I've prayed that my joy would be complete in you. And as believers, that is a, that is something that we fight through every day to embrace the joy and the love of God that hopefully, like you say, le- you know, leaks its way up to your face <laughs> a little bit. Uh, and, um, and, you know, and, you know, I think the world, like just, I was just asking you a question because I know you've been around the world as a missionary in a lot of different cultures. And when people see you walk through difficult moments, but God gives you a deep sense of joy, how does that impact even non-believers oh, or hugely. people that yeah. you've been around uh, in unreached people groups even. I, I personally think that for Christians who live happy and holy, yep. that's the most positive apologetic for the Christian message <laughs> that there possibly could be. There you go. Not one or the other because, you know, you can go to a University of Colorado football game, drink enough beer— and be happy for a few minutes. You know, that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about other people, by the way, right? <laughs> yes, not you, sorry. <laughs> you as in the third person, yeah, not you personally, yes. But, you know, there's a, the point being, There's a, you go and buy another thing. 
and make yourself happy. Yep. You know, people do that all over the world, especially in America. They medicate, yep. they self-medicate, whether it's through buying stuff, through food, through experience, through unhealthy approaches to sex, you name it. You know, there's all kinds of things that people bring into their life trying to make themselves happy. Yeah. But that's not holy. Right. So holy is living on purpose with God. So, but the other side of that is if you're only holy, Mm -hmm. and I'm doing air quotes here, (laughs) if you're only holy and it never expresses itself in happiness, it's, you know, who would want that? You know, you, you talk about abundant life, yeah. but that doesn't look very abundant to me. But when those two are paired, man, that's, you remember that, the old, um, um, like glues that they would talk, you had two different components yeah. of the glue and you put one on one side and one on the other. But when they, when you put them together, yeah. this chemical reaction takes place and it makes them so strong that they can't break apart. Right. I think that's what happens when joy, when the happiness and holiness merge, it makes the Christian message absolutely irresistible. Amen. I, you know, I know you've uh, traveled to a lot of churches and spoken to a lot of churches. And uh, I've, I don't know if you've walked into church and, and you know, they're like, you know, we're glad you're all here today. And, you know, we are the people of God and, you know, we are the chosen of God. And I mean, not a smile in the place. <laughs> Nobody's happy. You're like, 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 honestly, if we're the people of God and the presence of God is with us, like, come on, man, it can't be that bad. Yeah. It just can't be that bad, you know? Yeah. And, but, you know, I think what we're both talking about is we want to give, we're not saying that there's no vent. For things are difficult. You know, I think there needs to be, even in our own personal life, you know, what we can be going through a good time. Mm-hmm. Things can be going great for us. One of the things that helps prepare us to walk through joy for me is walking with those who are in suffering. Mm, very so, good. even though things may be going wonderfully well in my life at that particular moment, being able to relate to those who are going through difficult times also helps me. So certainly I am ministering to them, but it also helps me. You know, I know this is a, a one of your favorite verses, but I think it's James chapter one, maybe yep. verse two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it count it? Yeah, count it all joy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when you mentioned that when we were preparing for the, today's podcast, mm-hmm. I looked it up in one of my favorite translations on this particular verse. It's the New Living Translation, and it puts it this way. Brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, mm-hmm. not that funny to say if troubles of any kind. <laughs> it's when, coming, baby. <laughs> yeah, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great yep. joy. That's it. Very good, Mark. You know, and so... I don't believe the scriptures would admonish us towards something that wasn't a possible reality. Absolutely. Now, what we are saying, though, and I think both of us would agree 100% on this, is sometimes we actually have to fight for joy. Yeah, actually, the word count in the Greek there, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a Greek word, and it's a financial term. And what is what is what it's saying is you need to consider 
the cost, right? Mm-hmm. So it's you're counting it. That means that you have to sit down and evaluate. Here's my circumstances, and mm-hmm. there's joy. So you're 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 taking these circumstances, you're evaluating all the things, and then you're now counting it as as joy. That that's a that's that's not just uh, don't think about it. Uh, positive confession. It is embracing the moment, looking at all of the facts, considering it, and then saying, no, I'm going to fight for joy, and I'm going to live in the finished work of Jesus that provided the love, the joy, the peace, the gentleness. He's provided that through the work of the Holy Spirit, and I'm embracing it. All right, so help me here. You Explain if I—tell me okay. if, I, if I'm getting this right. Yep. So I'm trying to use your analogy of count and, you know— one of my degrees, I had to do this course in accounting yeah. and one of the worst courses I ever took in my life. You know, <laughs> huge respect for accountants, never a desire in the world to ever be one. Um, and I love it. Yeah. I love, yeah. So uh, in in true accounting from like from mm-hmm. an account, you know, you, you got all you got your a- assets on one side, your liabilities on the other. Your expenses and your income. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you, you've got all these liabilities. I'm thinking of this from the perspective of these are all of the visibles that I'm looking at in my life right now. Yep. And quite frankly, I'm looking at this and it looks like the liabilities column grossly outweighs the assets column. Yep. The way we not just balance and this is the one case where accounting breaks down because we're not actually looking for a balance book we are understanding right. that the balance on the asset side is far greater than the other side but there's a lot of things on that assets column that aren't physically visible that's it so we're saying we're putting things on that in that column that we may not we that's where the count it piece comes yep. in okay jesus even if everything else in my life is wrong, I am eternally right with God. And and that equalizes everything. Yeah. It's the great equal. The cross is the great equalizer of life. I, I've had I've had people at funerals go, well, it's just not fair. You know, I, I lost my, you know, and, and you're going, okay, well, in our eyes, it doesn't seem fair. But Jesus came. He paid the price. This person accepted Christ. And now they're in heaven forever. It's the equalize. It's what turns every situation around if you embrace it through the eyes of God and you walk through it in faith. Yeah. So um, a few years ago, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be careful how I tell this story because it involves somebody who I care deeply about that there's some elements here that are their story, not mine. Right. Gotcha. Um, but I was at an event, getting ready to walk into a very important meeting, Mm -hmm. Um, literally getting ready to walk into the event. I get a text, look at it. And if there's a worst case scenario text for a parent to get, this is pretty close to the top of that. Yeah. And... I mean, I had to go and immediately, basically, I just walked into the room and said, sorry, guys, I'm going to have to leave. And I was in another country. I mean, yeah. this was serious enough. It's like, yep. I'm not going to, you know, we we're just getting ready to have 
the meat of our meeting and I'm like, I'm just going to have to check out. I can't be here. I've got to go home and take care of some things. Yeah. I remember having to pick up the phone, call the airport, try to change my flights, all of that. And the most miserable, one of the most miserable times of my life was sitting in that airport and then the flight home. Yeah. As I was dealing with a very, very sad, I mean, there were emotions of sadness, betrayal, anger. I, there wasn't a positive emotion yeah. in that moment. And interestingly enough, God seems to have been preparing me yep. because I was reading a book at that very time written by somebody. It was actually written by Kay Warren yep. entitled Choose Joy. And her, she felt like God led her to write that book. She wrote it having no idea that shortly after that book was written, her son was going to die by suicide. Oh. And then she was going to have to live out the book that she, the just book wrote. That she had just written. And I hadn't walked through that, but it felt like death. And I remember walking through that period, and it, it, at one point in that few hours that were so miserable of just saying, Lord, I know that somehow this is not incompatible. Right. The circumstances I am dealing with right now are not incompatible with joy. And I am going to choose joy. And... The few people who knew some of the stuff we were dealing with over the next weeks and months and even into a couple few years, one of my friends would write me or call me or text me or whatever periodically, and he'd say, how you doing? You know, how, what's your joy index look yeah. like? What's your joy meter look like? And I would tell him, I'm fighting every single day for joy, and most days I'm winning. Yeah. And there well, was a reality that occasionally I didn't. You know. I can, I can even just sitting here talking about it I can feel the emotions um you know that you're obviously reliving and thank you for being transparent you know because when we do when we do these podcasts we really want to be real and transparent because there's other people that are going through maybe different things. And another thing I like about this passage is that it has, I, I, I think, the good pictures, the scales of yeah. count it, joy, and you go, here's all the bad things. But what tips the scales is the cross makes everything right. 100%. But the other part of the verse says various trials, mm. which means mm. there's people that are watching today that, like, you, you're not even going into details uh, of the depth of what you walk through. But when it says various trials, it it, it gives us really wide uh, parameters of what can be included when it says various trials, yeah. which means it doesn't matter what the third person at the table is going through today. Absolutely. Because God says when you encounter various trials, count it joy because I am working out something greater. So why don't you talk to maybe people that are watching today 
and maybe take some of your situation and how you've had to walk through some things and maybe translate it to that various trials of Mm -hmm. like people are walking through some desperate situations today and they need God to move on their behalf. What do you say to them today in the counting it joy in various trials? That's a thanks, John. Um, I think three things come to my mind. First of all, you know, we're not in the Christmas season, but I think one of the passages that we overlook so often that I think has implications for us all year. Mm-hmm. And you he you shall call him he is Emmanuel. <laughs> we 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 love that passage at Christmas. It sounds Christmassy. It sounds it? very Christmassy. <laughs> God with us. Apart from any circumstance you will ever face, if you yeah. are in Christ, you have the assurance that God is with you. And that is 365 and one-fourth of a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There is not a moment. Yeah. It is absolutely unconditional related to your whether you're going through good times or bad times. Yeah. God is with us. Interesting. Here's point two, though. So one, we have the assurance of God's presence. But number two, it's God with us. Yep. Not me. Not God with you, God with us. We need people. Yep. So we're not meant to walk through this stuff alone. Yeah. So you need people in your life that help walk that with with you. Those people who are going to help you when your arms are tired, when you're falling down, when you don't feel like you have joy. You need those people who are we're meant to live in community. You yep. know, Genesis says. To, you know, God said to Adam, it's not good for a man to be alone. That wasn't just about marriage. Yep. That was about life. We are meant to live in community. God is with us. So we need each other. And then lastly, I think we just have to walk into this with a predetermined course of action. So Jesus, you know, I, I love it's hard, but you know, Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Yep. If we know that this is on the other side, if we know God is for us, if we know God is working for us, we can joyfully face the circumstances that we're in. And the the passage of the the chat, the book of the Bible that gives me so much hope here and so we talked a lot about joy today. We haven't talked much about this. And this is my major third piece here. And that is joy oftentimes comes from rejoicing. Yeah. Philippians, multiple times in that book, Paul tells the believers, rejoice. Various comes in several different forms, yeah. but rejoice in the Lord Always, again, I'm going to tell you again, because sometimes we need reinforcement, rejoice. So what is rejoice? It means to make a decision to find joy. (laughs) That's what rejoice means. And you know what's so powerful about that is that Paul planted the church in Philippi. Yeah. 
but he planted it when when he is you know the in the Macedonia call and he's put in in prison he's, he's beaten, beaten <laughs> and he's sitting in the bottom of and then in the midnight hour what he had to count it all he had to weigh all of the circumstances it's like life isn't fair this isn't fair my situation isn't fair and then he rejoiced in the midnight hour and began to praise God and in the midst of it that Emmanuel God yeah. is with me hey he he broke the prison doors open but I think you even know the story is that Paul and Silas they didn't even leave the jail yeah. because they were concerned about the jailer sure that's how uh just fulfilled with the presence of God that they were even in those moments of brokenness so don't you know that I mean this is years later that Paul writes this letter <laughs> of Philippians back to this church in Philippi don't you know that when he's telling them rejoice in the Lord yep. one they know he's in prison now yep and they remember what how he responded to prison <laughs> and the beatings earlier and so every temptation in them would be like yeah Paul but you don't oh well maybe you do <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm sure the jailer was still probably there and his family he's probably hey, come up and give us that testimony one more time <laughs> you know hey he's not just a preacher standing on a stage but he's lived the life of rejoicing yeah. in the midst of heartache you know absolutely that's a great story isn't it, it is indeed so <laughs> yeah. you know my encouragement today to people, who are walking through difficulties. Yep. And for one, we don't want to make light yep. of any of it. Yep. You know, you and I care for people. We're both pastoral. We, you know, we're, we're both dealing with people in our own lives right now who are walking through some difficult times. Yep. We're not minimizing the difficulties that they're walking through, but we do want to assure them that one, God is with them. And that two, if probably a gateway. It's not transactional, yep. but a gateway to joy is rejoicing even when we don't feel like it. Yeah. And listen, and this has to be said. Um, there's people that are uh, listening in today and they're going through real moments of maybe even depression, feeling overwhelmed, circumstances. Hey, when they're looking at the scale, all they see is how bad things are. Mm -hmm. And listen, we, we care about you, so we're not insensitive people. But at the same time, we have to go to the Scripture. And the best thing that we can say to people that are watching today is don't just sit in that. You have to change your perspective mm -hmm. and begin to see the glory of God in the midst of the hurt and the pain and the difficulty because Jesus didn't command us to rejoice and command us to be full of joy to harm us or to put guilt on us right. or shame. He did it so that we could lift our eyes up and live a different way because the rest of the world, they go through situations like we go through and it destroys them. But as believers, we always have hope and that hope always leads us to joy. So with that in mind, Mark, can you pray? There's people that are watching today, and you've obviously gone through some really broken times in your own life, and you found the joy of God, but they're going through some various trials. Would you pray that Absolutely. the Lord would give them a joy in the midst of the broken moments that they're walking through yeah. today? Father, thank you so much that um, you have not left us alone Lord, we love the fact that um, the name for you, the Holy Jesus. Spirit is Counselor. Lord, it's not just a legal person who comes and gives us suggestions or ideas. This is a person who comes and stands right next to us.
Hmm. that when we are broken, he is lifting us up. So I'm so thankful, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is with us, that he is every moment lifting us. Lord, we don't want to forget the fact that it's the fruit of the Spirit. One of those is joy. So, Lord, in in some respects, you've already given us this. What we just need to do is to access that understanding that this is something God has given to us. It is a gift. It isn't. We're not we're not saying buck up. We're not saying pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. We're not saying this takes a little bit more self-effort. We're saying the Lord has given this to Praise us God. in grace. That We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. There isn't anything that is, this is about us that God has given us this as a gift. And so, Lord, today I'm asking that our brothers and sisters who are sad, who are broken, who are leaning toward despair would understand that though we are knocked down, we are not knocked out. Praise God. Lord, and that the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside them and give them grace today, to give them peace, to give them joy. And so, Lord, we're so thankful for that. Give them strength today, we pray. Help them to cry out to you, to move their eyes off their circumstances, and to count it joy for your name's sake. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Powerful. Thanks for joining us today. We're always happy to be with you. Whatever uh, podcast app you use, whether you watch us on YouTube or you listen to us somewhere, we ask that you would share, you would comment. Uh, We long to hear from you. We always want this conversation to be one that edifies you. And part of that is we need to hear from you and how God is using this in your own life. In the meantime, we ask you to be sure to join us next time when we will discuss a very meaningful topic that will help you grow in your Christian life. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable, and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. If you enjoy listening to John and Mark, you could see both of them in person at the Fire in Our Bones conferences. Their heart is to see your passion for God and your calling rekindled. Check out worldchallenge.org or the show notes for more details. John and Mark will be back next week to offer their insight into how believers can live, love, and lead well in a broken world. We'll see you next time.